That is recording. It's recording. So tell me about your Friday night. Yeah, so I uh, I tried to fly. What does that mean, though? Well, there was like these ledges and they were not even half a meter off the ground. And I was trying to jump from one to another. And Enzo's like, <laughs> you can't do that. And I'm like, watch me. And he watched me spectacularly <laughs> land badly on my ankle and uh, do a pretty fantastic somersault landing. And, and, uh, and then suddenly there was a tennis ball on my ankle. You didn't even want to go to the hospital. You messaged me a picture and I was like, (laughs) what do you mean you're not going to the hospital? (laughs) I so didn't want to go to the hospital because I knew how long we would be sitting in the emergency room for. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But then you also asked me if healthcare was free. I'm I'm not good at going to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Um, yes, that's what Medicare is there for. Yes. So I went for free. Which is good. good. Well, it's good. Just in case our listeners didn't know that. Yeah. Did you know that uh, you can go to the emergency room for free at a public hospital? Although you have to wait how many hours? Seven. Ish. Ish. Oh, man, I was so hungry. But it's good because then you got an actual diagnosis. I did. You weren't left wondering, is this broken? Update, it was It was not broken. That's good. Yeah, just, just badly sprained. And so I've been on house arrest for the week. And <laughs> it's been, yep, cabin fever is a thing. You've had, it's like babysitter's club or whatever. Is that, no, sa- that's saddle club. Saddle I just, club. I just merged two things. <laughs> babysitter's something. There's a babysitter's. Babysitter's club is a oh, thing. Oh, is it? Yeah, the books. Is that what we're talking about? I don't know. I was just talking about the fact that your parents and <laughs> Enza have been driving you around. Yeah, it's been so good. That's really cute. Yeah. So, yeah, I got chauffeured around. I should have sprained my ankle more often. Um, Don't do that. I will not be doing that. <laughs> I miss running already and it's only been five days. Wow. Yeah. Miss running. I know. Cannot relate. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people can. <laughs> I went to this event called Code yesterday. Yeah. And... The CEO of Telstra was talking and he's like, yeah, you know, I drive a Tesla and it tells me to update. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, can't relate. My Mazda doesn't tell nope. me that. No, nope. the only thing my car tells me is that the petrol is low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get like a little light and so I cover it up for a while. <laughs> we'll just ignore that. Yeah. yeah. Let's still see how got, far we can go. I can still get to the city like twice on this. <laughs> Holy shit. You're <laughs> such a risk taker. As soon as the light goes on, I'm like, where is the nearest petrol station? <laughs> I'm like, unless it's flashing, I don't really need petrol. I never wait until the light comes on, though. I always get petrol before that. It stresses me out. Oh, see, I just I can't be bothered. What the heck? I know. Enza's like, I'm waiting for the day that you call me from the side of the road because you've not filled up your petrol tank. And that's like, that's mm. going to happen. Yeah, probably soon. It's going to happen. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> After Code, I made this really good tweet. I said, every time I go to an innovation event like Code, so last two days there's been a Queensland innovation kind of conference where there's speakers, exhibitions, and anytime they do something like this, there's always this message about being more human. Okay. And we're trying to compete and people are saying, you know, technology and AI, it'll be more human, but that still can't replicate things that we can do. And so I wrote... What that means, so being more human, what that means is 
investing in your emotional intelligence, practicing empathy, and understanding how you best develop relationships with others. So it's very on point for what we're talking about today. Yeah. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the fact that I can't go anywhere, any social event, without someone asking me, do you watch Married at First Sight? <laughs> I cannot escape this freaking show. And uh, do you watch Married at First Sight? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have better TV shows to watch. Yeah, that's fair. But it's just, it's like a really, really big train wreck that you can't look away from. Well, I never looked in the first place. That's so fair. I'm all good. Probably. A really wise decision. I saw something on Facebook and it was like, if you've watched every episode of Married at First Sight this season, you've wasted 41 hours of your life. (laughs) Like, guilty. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no, I've wasted 41 hours of my life doing other things. Yeah, that's fair. I I mean, I was going to waste 41 hours of my life somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So why not watch this terrible TV show? Exactly. But maths has taught people a lot of things, though. Mainly what not to do in relationships. Oh, yeah. And toxic relationships. Mm, It's been really interesting to watch them unfold. So tell me more about what that looks like, because obviously I don't watch maths. So I am unaware, but I know a lot about toxic relationships. Yeah, sweet. Well, um, for those of you who haven't been following along, uh, there's this couple. Their names are Mike and Heidi um, and... They had the final vows over this week and uh, the media dubbed it as Australia's worst relationship decision um, because they decided to pursue the relationship and blah, blah, blah. Um, But essentially, we've watched them go through this toxic relationship where um, the guy, Mike, has continued to um, be a bit of a douche, to be honest, (laughs) and continuously um, kind of put Heidi in a situation where... um, He gets quite aggressive because, I don't know, he doesn't want to be her therapist and doesn't want to listen to the things that she wants to say and stuff and then makes it sound like all these situations and all these arguments that they get into are Heidi's fault. So Heidi ends up apologising, feeling bad for it, um, when in actuality Mike is just not a very nice person. Mm. And so obviously the way to identify it is that the fact that she's apologising so much when it isn't her fault, is that kind of what made you realise that that's a toxic relationship or were there other kind of indicators? Well, she's been continued to be labelled as high maintenance um, and so apparently he has to do so much to make her happy um, but it's evident if you watch it and even if you were to watch one episode, uh, you can see that she's just someone that's looking for commitment with a really good guy that's not taking advantage of her, so... And have you experienced toxic relationships yourself? Yeah, I have. I've been in a toxic relationship uh, where my opinion was often shut down because Mm. I just wasn't smart enough and I didn't have a good enough opinion or my opinion just wasn't right. Um, So I went through that. So last week we talked about identity and intelligence. Do you think that relationship played into the fact that you would doubt yourself and the fear of failure and all of that? Yeah, for sure. I think so. Um, I think it was a really steep learning curve though, because when I did get out of that relationship, I came to realize that I am smart and my opinion is valid. Um, But it took that relationship for me to realize it, I think. Not saying that toxic relationships are good, but getting out of toxic relationships is essential. And reflection is important for that. (laughs) (laughs) Just tying it all together here. (laughs) Have you experienced or even witnessed any toxic relationships? Uh, Not myself, 
friends have definitely been in toxic relationships where it impacts their understanding of themselves and their self-worth and it kind of weighs like a lot on someone's identity as well. So when you have someone who minimizes you and makes you feel like you're not worth what you're actually worth, it obviously plays a huge part into how you view yourself. And like I've had a couple of friends who have had people like that in their lives and I've witnessed it but never experienced it myself. Like I've I've had friends who do that and they're not in my life anymore, which is important. But being able to identify the triggers and the things that that person does that makes you feel that negativity is really important. Like how you're talking about that relationship on Married at First Sight, being able to recognize that that person was not in the wrong, but she kept apologizing and you're just really apologizing for how someone's made you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that's important as well is listening to what your closest friends say about your relationship as well, because at the end of the day, they're going to know you better than anyone else. And they're also going to notice the things that are triggering from a toxic relationship. Um, So I guess when you've witnessed toxic relationships, have you noticed that your friends have kind of changed or like what things have you noticed about their relationship? I feel like when someone doesn't know who they are and they get into a relationship that is toxic, that like changes them completely. Mm. Like I've seen people who like they're not into particular things, but they become that person because that's what their partner is looking for. And when you aren't clear about who you are as a person and what you like and what you deserve as well as what you can give someone, I don't think that it's going to be a place of good growth. Yeah. Behavioural changes are probably the most obvious changes. Like they can be quite strong and then they're in a relationship that's toxic and it makes them more submissive and they change their opinions a lot and they kind of just side with their partner. I think that's one of the noticeable changes. But yeah, seeing people who don't know who they are and they're more malleable and so they're more willing to change to become the person that the person they're seeing is looking for. Yeah, so true. Um. I think another red flag that I've noticed in friends that have gotten themselves into toxic relationships is that constant asking whether they're allowed to oh, do stuff. That's a good so, one. So, like, I don't know, I'd want to go out for coffee with one of my friends and she'd be like, I'll oh, just make sure that's okay with so-and-so or I'll just ask if I can. And I'm like, is that is that healthy? Mm, yeah, I don't think that's healthy. What other indicators do you think are out there? Um, I think change in values as well. So if someone, they might be quite sure of themselves and quite sure of what they value in their life and they get themselves into a relationship where their values change significantly. I've watched friends who uh, have a really, really heavy value on family. And then as soon as they got into a relationship, suddenly they weren't seeing their family very much. They were bailing on family dinners on Sunday night and things like that. So um, I think changes in value, particularly good values, mm-hmm. um, is another huge red flag that is worth noting. Yeah. Asking for permission is a big red flag. I think change is good, but if you're not being kind of true to who you are, then I think that's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Reducing contact with your social networks is really a big red flag as well. Yeah. Like you said, withdrawing from your family events, withdrawing from your friends and becoming isolated and only depending on this one person is not ever going to be a good thing because then you've put all of your eggs in one basket, essentially. 
And if that basket crumbles, you don't have a support network anymore because you've pushed everybody away. Yeah, for sure. I think that's relevant for relationships and friendships as well. I feel like it's more subtle and less talked about, but I feel like that's still a situation that happens as well when people do the same thing with friends. They kind of become friends with someone or it's a friendship that feels almost obligated and that can become quite controlling too sometimes. I've never met one person with just one friend who is too controlling though. I feel like it's more that friend has quite a big say on who you spend time with. That's real weird. But it's a real thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you asking it as a question? (laughs) I don't know because I've never experienced it. I have had toxic friendships though. How did you identify them as toxic? Same way, similar to what we were talking about in relationships. I think relationships in general, whether they be romantic or friendships, can be toxic if one person is never really listening to the other, not supportive, kind Mm. of they have their own agenda. Yeah. So they're very self-centered. They care about themselves and how everything impacts them. And yeah, I think that is a way that I've identified toxic relationships as well as the way people make me feel sometimes I can't pinpoint it immediately but when you have good friends around you who can be like oh that was a bit that was a bit weird wasn't it and then you're able to sit back and go oh yeah actually that's not really normal and then you identify what it is that they're doing that's causing you to feel that way I knew a girl who would reach out to me after a year and like there are friendships where you can maintain it and not talk regularly like six months ago in between but when it feels so forced and we're only talking about things that I don't give a shit about and I'm here out of politeness, that's not a real relationship. Like I used to work with some people who they would invite me to things and I was kind of like, I'm not really sure I'm part of your friendship group, but here we are and I'm attending these events. And it felt really ingenuine for me. And for me, that's the biggest indicator that this relationship isn't going to work both sides yeah because if I feel ingenuine then I'm not being who I am and that makes me feel bad and then it also doesn't help them because I'm just not being yeah I'm just being who they need me to be which is not how a relationship should be like I can be myself with the people who I consider my friends like I'm really freaking weird (laughs) and I'll like start making noises midway through a conversation but my friends are like yeah that's normal whatever whatever she's a weirdo you just like cool. learn to phase it out yeah you just learn to phase it out like just phase out random stuff but keep <laughs> the important stuff of course <laughs> but like if I feel like I'm pulling back from who I really want to be then well, that's not a relationship that I want to be a part of yeah I think that's why it's important to know who you are because then you can attract the same people or the people who compliment you and can bring those aspects to your life. And they're the best sounding boards. They're the best support network. They're the people who will hype you up when you need it. Or they'll be there just to listen when you're sad, you know. They're the type of people that you need around you. And so when you keep a broad circle of people because you feel obliged to be friends with them, then you're giving you're giving up an actual support network. You're giving up true friendship um, when you could be investing it into people who do care about you and do want to be that person for you. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and I've heard people say that you are uh, the five, a combination of the five people that you spend the most time with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you agree with that? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not calling my five closest friends weirdos, <laughs> but well, yeah, they're really smart. They're funny. They're good to be around. They're really supportive. They care about people. Yeah. And they're the type of people I want to be. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing as well. Like another way to identify particularly toxic friendships is to see if their values align with you um, and who you want to be more than anything. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, you definitely are a combination of the five people that you spend the most time with. So it's kind of up to you as to whether those five people are people that are have the values that you used to have and not anymore or whether they're people that have values that you would like to have or you just do have I think it definitely comes back to that idea of values and identity yeah I think that's really important and I hope that's a good takeaway message for you guys yes please take that away I've had several friendships in the past that do fall into that category and you kind of come away from it being like well that's two hours of my life I'm never gonna get back and really I didn't get anything from it not that you should be getting stuff from a friendship per se I think you should okay I don't think it's selfish to want to surround yourself with people who are positive and optimistic and give you support and are there when you need it Mm that you can rely on, that you trust, that they make you feel good. Yeah. That's not selfish. Yeah, that's true. And that's like how people would say self-love is selfish. And it's like, well, no, because you've got to take care of yourself first before you can even try and take care of somebody else. Yeah. And I think that goes the same for relationships. Like if you don't know who you are and you don't love yourself, you can't rely on someone to fill that void yeah and give you the love that you think you need or deserve when you can't even give it to yourself yeah so true that's one thing that i've learned like i don't have much experience with dating i have mentioned it multiple times (laughs) but that has taught me the importance of knowing who i am and knowing what i deserve and the expectations i have people are like you have high expectations maybe you should lower them and I'm like my expectations are like normal like I want someone who's funny and who relates to me in an intellectual level who I find attractive and is a good person like family values and certain things like that and I don't think that's high expectations it's just I know that that's the type of person I deserve because I know that I'm that type of person as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's really important to remember that relationships should complement you more than anything. Like you should be able to stand alone um, and be independent to a point. Um, And that person, so speaking romantically, I feel like that person should come in and complement you and kind of fill in sections where you're not so good at. So really practical example, Enzo is really good at reading maps and I can't tell my left from my right. Um, And I know that I could uh, find my way to somewhere um, if I really needed to. But uh, Enzo is really good at getting places and reading maps and directing me to those places. Okay, so basically what you're telling me is I need somebody who doesn't know how to read a map. Well, I mean... Need boys out there who don't know how to read map. (laughs) Just slide into my DMs, man. (laughs) Because I can read a map real good. (laughs) 
Maybe a poor example. <laughs> no, nah, that's the only example that matters. <laughs> But I, I, I get what you mean, though. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> you guys are the same in terms of your values and yeah. how you view each other and how you respect each other. But practically, there's a few gaps that he can help you with. Yeah. And, and same, vice versa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're not dependent on him. Like, if you really needed to read a map, you would be able to. 100%. Getting out of toxic relationships is something that's like, how do you do that? It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> Dude, do you know what I do? I just phase them out slowly. Just like stop replying to your messages. I just See, I feel bad when I do that. Like I'll yeah. do that for like a couple of weeks and then they'll message me with a question. I'll be like, I've got to an answer now. And now I'm catching up with coffee with them tomorrow. Well, usually it's never me who initiates this. I was investing so much energy to make sure that this continued and we would be in each other's lives and support each other. But that's not really the way it went. Mm. And so I don't I don't feel bad doing that because, like I said before, you've got to be selfish with your time and understanding that if someone doesn't bring you those positive feelings or happiness or any of whatever you think a friendship should be, well, then don't have them in your lives. It's easy as that. And you shouldn't feel bad. I feel like, um, and like all through my life, I've kind of been in this two minds about situations like that. Because on one hand, I'm like, well, if they're not bringing any positivity to my life and they're not kind of being a friend to me, why should I reciprocate? And I probably should cut them off. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, what if I'm the only positive influence on their life? And what if, like, they need that person to be a listening ear and, like, the shoulder to cry on and blah, blah, blah. So I guess if I've always, because that's the type of person that I am, I want to be there for people. Yeah, but I want to be there for people too. But I'm not going to let them walk all over me. Yeah, see, I'm so guilty of that. But, like, I've just done it all my life. Like... My parents have told me about this friendship that I had when I was seven and she continuously like was mean to me. She reported me for bullying and things like that. Um, but I was always I, I kept on going back because I'm like, what if she just needs a friend and she hasn't really got anyone else to hang out with? So um, I want to make sure that I can be that friend for her. And so I feel like it's always been something that I do and I know that I need to stop doing it as much. There's a difference between wanting to believe the best in people and blind optimism. Yeah, I guess so. But where's the line? The line is when you identify that they're making you feel bad. Like they're the ones who are making you say sorry. Yeah. And we just identified that as being a toxic relationship. That's true. So you shouldn't feel bad for cutting out someone who makes you feel bad. Okay, so we, I don't. I feel like we didn't actually get to the bottom of how we phase people out. Because yeah, I don't know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of keep them in there until they stop talking to me. Or... Oh. It's like um, when you go to a party and then you don't want to be rude, so you don't leave. Oh, yeah. And so then you're, you end up being the last person at the party and you're helping clean up. And you're like, I only wanted to stay for an hour, but here I am cleaning up. <laughs> and it's 11 o'clock. 
11 o'clock is late for me, guys. So late. late. <laughs> I got home after Book of Mormon last night. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's 11. I didn't get to sleep till 11.30. I am so tired. <laughs> I am a grandma. Where's my cup of tea? <laughs> I actually can't go to bed without having a cup of tea. Really? Going to, yeah. <laughs> yep. I am. I am a grandma. <laughs> That's cute. I feel like if you drank warm milk, then you would better to be a grandma than a child. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I guess. We're like both lactose intolerant. I know, I was just about to say that. <laughs> so that might be why. Warm milk is out of the question. <laughs> uh, so key takeaways. Uh, definitely identifying who you are and identifying what your values are and making sure that aligns with uh, your relationships and your friendships and the people around you and cutting out people that don't align with your identity and your values. And I think we've given you enough to reflect on your own relationships. Yeah. Think about who you are, what you stand for and the type of people you want surrounding you. Yes. Identify your five. Yep. Your five people. Excellent. And with that, I think we will leave you. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Overworked. Yes, subscribe and rate us. Five stars, please. On whatever platform you listen to us. Yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.